Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona. And it's hard to believe, but this is the final episode of season one of Things of Gold. We've made it 12 shows in. It's it's crazy how, how the time has flown, and also it seems like we've been doing this forever. Yeah, time is weird like that, but what a journey this has been. I feel like I've learned so much and have really enjoyed spending the time with you too, Ryan. It's been so yeah. nice. It's been amazing uh, to, you know, to watch you go from knowing nothing about this band to now you know, being nitpicky about the same things that I'm nitpicky about, yeah. uh, which... I, I feel like part of it is my fault, uh, you know, when you like, you read my notes as you're making your notes. Yeah, uh, it's true. So. It's okay. We influence each other and, and that's great. And yes. it's just been so awesome getting, I feel like I've gotten to know the people in the band. I mean, obviously I haven't, but I feel like I have through watching them perform in all these yeah. different performances. And that's what's been really cool too, is just getting to know this super dynamic band made up of all these just incredible musicians and learn about, you know, how they play and their personalities as musicians. And, and that's just been super fun. Yeah. And uh, speaking of watching them perform, uh, we're very lucky that the show we're talking about today exists in its entirety uh, on YouTube. Uh, so we were able to, uh, you know, watch the show while we were making notes this time, which is not something we've been able to do uh, for any of the previous episodes. So that is very exciting. Thank you to AlantiMJ, I believe is the channel name on Twitter, uh, for filming this whole show. Um, you know, I, I spent, for, for us, I, I spent a little bit of time syncing up the, the soundboard audio. So we, you know, we had the best of both worlds there. Uh, and so we've got a nice little concert film thing uh, going on. But uh, And thank you, you know. for doing that, Ryan, because it really is amazing, especially, we were talking about this a little bit before we went live, but especially watching Bobby and Sean in the show. I yes. mean, it's just, it's really fun. And just watching all of them and how they interact with each other and support each other and get excited when they hear each other perform. It's just, it's really special. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're now alluding a lot to what the show is, but we're going to talk about today, November 22nd, 2019 in Paris, France, uh, you know, in the final week of the seven month immigrants tour. Very, very exciting. Uh, but before we get into the show and who's on stage, Megan, tell me about the Sal Playo. Yes, so this is the Salle Playel, and it's a concert hall. It's in the 8th arrondissement in Paris, which is, if you know Paris, you know this area. It's central Paris. It like borders the Arc de Triomphe, the Museum of Modern Art. The Champs-Élysées runs right down the middle of it. It's just north of and borders the Seine River. This is the heart of Paris. And this concert hall was built almost 100 years ago. And it was built by an acoustician and an architect. And it, until very recently, I think was the Orchestra of Paris and the Philharmonic of Radio France, both, both performed there. So it is a real concert hall for real musicians. And the acoustics must be unbelievable in this place. It's beautiful. The capacity is like 2000. And it's just, it's a gorgeous place. Yeah, it looks absolutely gorgeous, uh, you know, on the video and just the way that the stage looks. It just, you know, everyone looks like they have a great sight line, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, what's also interesting is that, you know, that they played here in Paris. Then the next time they played in Paris, three years later in 2022, uh, they played uh, in a 7,000 capacity arena. Uh, wow. Pretty, pretty big jump up uh, from 2000. So that's interesting to note. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a really 
big jump and exciting. This place looked like an incredible place to see music and the audience seems super engaged. They're all on their feet from the recording. You can tell they're not sitting down. It's, it looks, people look really excited about it. Yeah. Now it looks like it may have been some standing room on the floor. I hope that people, you know, in seats were standing up because I know a lot of snarky puppy crowds tend to sit down if there are seats. Um, but it's good to see a lot of people, you know, moving and grooving, being very yeah. active. And I think the band kind of, kind of felt that energy, you know, when it comes through in this set, there's a lot of, you know, that the, the band feels very, very relaxed, you know, mm -hmm. and they're just, they're just playing songs. Uh, you know, again, it's at the end of a seven month tour. It's the home stretch, you know, a week from now they get to go home, uh, and like, you know, not have to play. No, not that they don't like being on tour, but like, you know, then the tour's over, you know, they get a couple months off, relax, unwind, and they're like, you know, we're going to, we're going to finish strong here. I know. I mean, it's incredible because we'll talk about it later, but they also seem very inspired and like, they do not want to stop playing. And yeah. it's incredible to think that this is the end of a seven month tour. I mean, wow. Like the stamina of these guys. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think there is standing room for like 400 people at this venue. So maybe that's kind of in front of the seats. I don't know, but that was kind of the one thing that I was disappointed about when I saw Snarky Puppy at the beacon was everybody was sitting and I was, mm -hmm. I don't like to sit at concerts. No, yeah, so you gotta, it, gotta dance. Yeah, you gotta dance, man. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, as, as you know, I keep mentioning they're at the tail end of a seven month tour, you know, they've been in Europe for about a month. Uh, you know, we talked about in episode 11, a show from just, uh, just short of a month earlier um, in, uh, in, in Hamburg, Germany. Um, and they've been kind of bouncing all over the place. You know, this is now uh, a week and a half or so uh, after their their Grammy winning live at the Royal Albert Hall show, um, which is is cool. You know that we've had some lineup changes since the last one. You know, now we've got probably the most like one of the most full sounding snarky puppy lineups I've ever heard. But here's who we've got today. We've got Michael League on bass, Jason JT Thomas on the drums, Keita Ogawa on percussion. Chris Bullock on the tenor sax and flute, Mike Maz Maher on the trumpet and flugelhorn, Zach Brock on the violin, Chris McQueen on the guitar, Justin Stanton on keyboards and trumpet, Sean Martin on keyboards, and Bobby Sparks on keyboards. We've got three keyboards. We've got the violin. You know, it's just like every part, you know, we heard a lot in, in the last episode, you know, Sean taking a Bobby part in a song on Talkbox or Justin covering a, a Zach part on, on Moog. Here, everyone's playing their parts i feel like the only thing that this lineup is missing is like if you if you put like bob reynolds in to cover you know some of the parts that are like for the saxes only like in bad kids then that's like the only thing and like a second guitar but like it, this is as full of a lineup as you're gonna get pretty much yeah. like on, on, a, on a regular tour outside of like a special show like you saw at the beacon with like every member of the band <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I know I was spoiled. Yeah. But yeah, and you can feel that fullness for sure. And of course, anytime Bob Reynolds is not in the lineup is is sad for me, but they sound so full and incredible and I'm excited to get into the show. Yes. Well, let let's let's dig in here. Uh we open up with Kite, you know, th this this feels really really good easing into the show and immediately it's like, "Oh, three keyboards." You know, it, <laughs> we haven't we haven't had a three keyboard episode in a really long time, actually. No, it hasn't been that long. Uh, I guess since episode eight, uh, I think was our last. Nope. We had this exact same three keyboard setup in episode nine. 
I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> it's hard to remember. I mean, I wouldn't know, you know, I don't remember these things. <laughs> we heard these three, the, the, this, these three keyboards, um, in, in Japan in April of 2019, uh, you know, and there's a lot of comparisons that could be made at some of the performances and, you know, kind of talk about that when we get to those songs later, but the three keyboard layers of Rhodes, piano and organ, as soon as kite starts, I was just like, oh man, like it's just beautiful how well they layer together. Each of them knows where their space is in the music and they fill that space. You know, sometimes maybe three keyboards could feel a little bit overbearing, but they, they just find their spot sonically and it's unbelievable. There are so many moments like that in this show where, and I felt like this when I saw them at the beacon too, how many musicians are on the stage playing together but they are not overwhelming each other. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's incredible. And there's even a lot of quiet moments in this show where a lot of people are playing music, but it's so kind of measured. And there's just this quality to, I think at this show, especially, they sound really confident and like they're not in a hurry. And I think that that is the way that they kind of open this, this show. It just sounds like We've been doing this for a while. We know what we're doing. We've been playing together. We know where the other person's going to be. It's just, it's great. Yeah. And uh, we, we get a nice Bullock solo here on the first part of Kite. Really, really interesting. But I mean, so my, Michael also was on fire in this show. Uh, yes, like yes. The way, what he's doing in like the quieter sections, we'll talk about a couple more later, but some of his, like the bass lines, you know, and then obviously he's got a, a, a bigger feature solo towards the end of the show. But what really struck me in this kite and in While We're Young, which we'll talk about in a couple of songs, is just what he's doing to kind of prod the soloist along very, very subtly. not like oh there's michael very obviously you know kind of tossing ideas to bullock and kind of shaping where the solo is going it's like no you're listening closely and it's like oh michael's doing some really cool shit right now yeah i feel like he really stands out in this show which usually i feel like he's he's takes the back seat just because he loves to like give the other musicians kind of the floor. But I loved seeing him kind of shine in the show. And this, this solo with Bullock is amazing. I mean, Bullock sounds so relaxed and dreamy, but also inspired and has a lot of emotion to it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then Justin, uh, you know, does this thing on the outro here. Very, very slow, you know, nice comparing his two road solos in the show, you know, this one and the other one that happens towards the end of the towards the end. Um, this one, you know, very slow, takes his time. A lot of, lot of, lot of that Herbie Hancock vibe, uh, you know, and some of the jazzier chords he's playing here, but it's just unbelievable. Again, Michael watching the video here, just watching Michael just standing next to Justin and just vibing off of him is so, so cool. Um, you know, it's just two guys who, you know, two of the guys that have been at every single show yeah. on the seven month <laughs> tour. And it's like, you know, it's telepathic. Not that they all don't oh, have that kind of connection, 
there's a specific one. Justin and Michael have been standing next to each other for seven months playing playing these songs. And so it's like a back and forth, unbelievable, little bit of warbly organ uh, from I Bobby. I love that. Yeah. The balance of that, what Bobby's doing in the organ against the kind of softness and delicateness of Justin's solo is really magical. Mm -hmm. It sounds so nice together, how they're kind of like balancing each other. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and then just the cool thing about Kite too is a lot of the a lot of the the solos that start kind of quiet and low in Snarky Puppy will end up building up to some like big like euphoric moment or peak or whatever. Kite just kind of goes and floats along and then dissolves into the horn outro and it's it's lovely. You know, I love that. Not every song has to peak. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that's what makes the peaks better is when you don't always go there. Mhm. Mm you know, I think and it's it, like that with jamming too. And a lot of the bands that we love, you know, when you improvise or jam and it always goes to a peak, it becomes predictable. And so it's really fun that they have these songs that are meant to melt or have these different kind of endings. 100%. And then uh, we move into our second song of the night in intelligent design. So we talked about uh, Alma in the last episode being like a, a bust out of sorts. Uh, and how there was another song that they busted out on this fall Europe tour uh, that hadn't been played in a little while. Intelligent Design is that song. Um, so again, it has that old school snarky puppy feel that we talked about when we were talking about Alma in the last one. I love this like space age sounding synth uh, line from Justin that it's through most of the song, uh, but it really like it just it's awesome. Um, I, I I love the way this song feels. You know, again, that old school snarky feel is just awesome. Yeah, and it has those, the drums are almost kind of like trip hop. It has that kind of like beat that just like pulses and keeps you going, yes. which is really nice, like throughout the whole song. Mm -hmm, definitely. And this song is cool because a lot of the earlier Snarky Puppy songs don't have three solo sections. You know, that's that's kind of a more of a, a recent thing, you know, songs like Chavi or RLs or Go. Um this one, you know, Maz takes the first solo filtered effects trumpet. And it's cool watching him. He's basically has his trumpet like pressed up on the microphone uh, so cool. for, for the whole solo, which is cool to watch. Uh, but just really, really fast. Feels like he's kind of in like a dog fight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that analogy. And Justin is doing the synth patch with like, it's really fuzzy and super repetitive, which sounds mm -hmm. so cool against that. love the like breakdown with Maz and drums you know like again like even faster runs uh on the trumpet it's just like like rapid fire just amazing 16th note stuff it's really cool yeah and, then, and move, this song moves through each section really quickly mm -hmm. and it kind of changes on a dime which I guess is kind of that old snarky old school snarky puppy feel too when you've got like lots of sections that are moving really quick and changing quickly yeah really phonetic yeah. And then uh, second solo, we get some uh, guitar from McQueen here. Uh, and it's just like very, very melodic and gentle uh, to start, you know, which is kind of 
the opposite of how this song feels, uh, especially yeah. you know, for for the first half. You know that 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 intro even it's not not very gentle. You know it's it's very very aggressive uh, for most of this song. So it's it's cool to hear a different side of it uh, with this McQueen solo. Yeah, and I love how McQueen will like play something and the horns will like lightly echo it. it has mm-hmm. this kind of like reverberating feeling. It's nice. Yeah, and then an excellent Keita solo. Uh, you know, uh, to, to take it out here, uh, everyone kind of drops out and it's just Keita and Justin's synth thing. Um, so, but really, really cool, you know, deeper tones uh, on percussion, lots of, lots of very heavy hitting sounds uh, kind of going with the vibe of the song. But I, I love Intelligent Design, really big fan of it. Yeah, I do too. The r- part that leads right up to Kata's solo is there's so much going on. There's like horns, drums, percussion, synth. Everything is just like driving and, and it lands in that solo. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, and then our next song, one of my highlights of the show easily uh, is While We're Young. This is uh, one of my favorite immigrant songs. You know, I wish they'd bring this back into the rotation, um, you know, this fall, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you never know. You know, anything can happen. Uh, but yeah, another kind of a slower tune, but, you know, li- like an absolutely liquid clav melody. I find sometimes uh, that Bobby, you know, based on, you know, maybe where his amp is on stage, kind of the pedal configuration, whatever it is, sometimes there's a lot of feedback happening around the clav and it's very heavily distorted. And we hear some of that on purpose later on in the show. But and while we're young, He's just got that tone dialed in perfectly. It just sounds like a, you know, kind of like a guitar, but it's unbelievable. And this intro is just, it's it's just such a vibe, you know. You've got you've got the the clav, you've got you know Bobby then moves to the organ. You've got the the mellotron textures from Sean McQueen and Zach harmonizing on the melody there. It's just awesome. It's really cool. You hear the audience clapping for a minute. It has this really like off kilter, kind of like out of tune feeling. And then it kind of eases in and the organ comes in. And then when Zach does his solo, oh my God, he's playing like super scratchy. Mm -hmm. And you can see him dancing while he's playing, which is so cool. I mean, that man plays with so much soul and his violin is so piercing. And I just love watching Michael come in after it. It's like, it just, it sounds so good. And I, I just, I can't get over Zach. I mean, I've never heard a violin sound like that. He uses distortion in like a really interesting way. And his solo builds to like a perfect, awesome peak. And then he just kind of dances on that peak. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. It's unbelievable, honestly. Yeah, like the, it's just such a patient build. It sounds like Michael almost teases Thriller at one point, um, which could just be my insane nerd brain, uh, you know, playing tricks. You know, on me. I don't, I don't hear teases like you do, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that it's there if you heard it. But... If anyone else, if anyone else hears a, a, a 
thriller CCP, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's amazing. Little Bobby kind of adds some little riffs in on clav. Very, very subtle. You know, I've, I've listened to this version of a number of times before, and I didn't really pay attention to that when I was listening for this episode. I kind of really honed in on like, whoa, like, those are really cool. And they're like adding to the vibe. You know, it just kind of feels like part of the groove while Zach is soloing. It's it's oh, it's amazing. And I love the way that slide guitar comes back in on the outro mm -hmm. uh, and just feels so euphoric coming out towards the end. And, you know, Sean was having a good time. <laughs> Sean looks like he always has a good time. He's yes. just honestly, I would go to a snarky puppy show just to watch Sean. Like yeah. that, that is enough of the price of worth the price of my admission for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're all feeling it though. Everybody's feeling this song. If you look across the stage, everybody looks like they are just like into it. Yes. Yes. And then from there, you know, you can tell we're three songs in two of them have been kind of down tempo. One of them is like weird, intelligent design. <laughs> and so we needed something upbeat here and they just ripped right into bad kids, which was perfect, perfect call. Big uh, applause to Michael for his setless construction in this show, except for one song, which um we'll talk about it later unfortunately um, <laughs> yeah this is perfect set listing now yeah the, this this call right here is amazing michael just the, the fills that he's doing right at the beginning here i i like my jaw was on the floor it's like what mm -hmm. what is he doing this is awesome <laughs> i know i feel like this whole show and then also our bonus song that we're going to talk about at the end i michael is just absolutely on fire yeah it, it's crazy it's crazy. And then we, we get a Bobby solo here, his first solo of many in this show. Um, but it, oh man, just the way he takes organ on Bad Kids, you know, co comparing this one to the Royal Albert Hall one is pretty cool too. Uh, I, I think I like this solo a little bit better. I feel like there's a little more, there's a little more aggression in this solo. Uh, you know, a li little bit of jazzy stuff, you know, JT getting in on the action, doing some crazy fills. But uh, it's just an amazing, amazing organ solo. He, he's he's pretty good at playing keyboards. good yeah i mean and what a cool looking dude he has like that awesome hair and these big hoop earrings like he's so awesome looking and his hands are just flying over the keys he makes it look so easy and i know it's not you know like yeah I right know it's not easy, <laughs> but he makes it look just like it's like effortless for him it's awesome to watch i was so glad i saw a video of this because they have some really good shots of him on this yeah i hope he grows that hair back out it someday. is so good it's it's so good it's pretty great. And then JT's drum solo, you know, he starts with a very snare based theme uh, and just kind of builds it from there to, again, trashing the solo. Excellent. He has a couple of these in this show that are so fast. And this one is the rhythms are so complicated. And if you watch the video, you can see Michael and McQueen just like smiling at each other, like, 
damn, <laughs> this guy's killing it, you know? Yeah. And then they all come back in perfectly. It's just so satisfying. It's like that homecoming that you want at the end of a song. And yeah, I really love this version's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, this song is just awesome. And again, another thing where you now have the violin, you've got it harmonizing uh, with the with the guitar uh, on, on some of the parts in here. So great to hear that. Then we move into Bigly Strictness from there. Uh, this one is excellent, excellent version. Once again, you know, we got we have that many that those many layers, uh, you know, different keyboards, the guitar, etc. But it just the, the intro sounds great again. Yeah, that's what stood out to me. I mean, maybe it is just because of the three keyboards, but the layers and textures in this intro are just phenomenal. And, you know, it's just got such a swagger to it. I think Justin's solo is – the way that he solos is it just – he never seems to be, like, working hard. He seems like he's always kind of just, like, dancing on top of the, you know, the keys. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. It just stands up from the Moog. Just yeah. vibing out, you know, like he's like dancing. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I can do this in my sleep. Like, I, it's just it's he makes it look so easy too. I mean, these yeah. guys are just, and maybe that's what seven months on the road will do to you. But he he's he's getting after it. Yeah, and this solo is cool too. You know, you have these these very subtle bends from him, and I love the transition from his solo into McQueen's. You know, he does like a little like like little walk down on the synth. Um, and then it just crashes headlong into into McQueen's solo, you know, as the second section of Bigly Strictness does. And I kind of imagine McQueen's solo as like a giant like sea serpent, like rising out of the <laughs> water, like as it's happening. I don't know if that makes any sort of sense. Uh, it but that's, totally that's the image. That's the image I get. I loved it because I, you know, I read your notes as I'm writing mine. And so it was fun to, to picture that like image as I was listening. And it's so right. I mean, and that's so like McQueen too. I feel like so many of his solos just come out of like, they emerge and they just like dominate. So this is great. I mean, he is raring to go in this mm-hmm. solo. He just gets after it. It's yeah. so fun to watch. Definitely. And it just it delivers. And then I, I love it's like, you have this kind of funky first solo. You have this like quick minute or so of just like rage in the middle. And then it just goes quiet. Mm-hmm. And then we have, that, you know, the very serene part, uh, you know, a little bit of horn action. And then Sean, you know, does the outro on the vocoder. I think this is this is the first vocoder we've heard uh, on the pod. I don't think he used it at all in the Hamburg show. Um, but it's it's unbelievable. Uh, what what he does here it's it's so special it's just like it's it's there's so much emotion in it and watching him mm-hmm. sing the solo into the mic on this video is really really cool and watching how the vocoder works and watching him kind of 
move away and towards the mic to kind of play with the volume and swells and stuff. It's just, it's so, so cool. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. And it is truly amazing to watch. It does have that kind of visceral feeling to it. it it's like, it's like watching someone do something from like their soul. Like he's just really laying into it in the same way that you would watch someone like sing at a church, you know, like they're yeah. just, he's really like giving it. It's just, it is, it's something that I watched and then went back and watched again. Cause I was like, I have to see how he's doing this. Like it is right. really, really cool. Yeah. It's seriously, seriously excellent. I think this is one of, one of my favorite versions of, Bigly strictness for sure. Just three really, really strong solos. I think there, there's one that I think I put ahead of this one. I think it's eleven four nineteen from Antwerp. Um, but this one is it's unbelievable, and I, I could listen to that outro with Sean on vocoder for like right forever. <laughs> yeah, just keep playing that for me. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, and then next we've got Thing of Gold. Um, <laughs> Wait, Ryan, you forgot something. Ah, damn, you got me. I guess we'll talk about Tio Makako. I feel like I'm being a little bit too mean about it. Uh, you know, it's okay. We talk a lot about all the things we love about about Snarky Puppy. You know, we spend most of the, the show talking about all the good stuff. It's not a bad song. I think the congas are really nice. Kato looks like he's having a lot of fun. You know, for me, it's just, it, it doesn't fit the vibe. This show has like an impeccable flow, except for this moment. And so I also just cannot take the flute seriously ever since <laughs> I watched Anchorman. If you, you know, it just like, I can't. I, all I can ever think of is that movie whenever I see someone play the, the jazz flute. It's just, <laughs> it's ruined for me. That's, that's, that's hilarious. It's also like poor Bullock because like his flute solo is awesome, but it's just like, it's just Ron Burgundy. Is it also because he has a mustache? Yeah, I mean, it's just all too perfect. That helped. I've also seen that movie way too many times. Like, I I will admit to that movie being one of my favorites, and so I can't get away from it. But, yeah, it's just like, you know, you just want him to say, like, I'm so unprepared, and then just, like, whip it out of his his, sleeve. I wasn't ready. (laughs) I wasn't ready. (laughs) Yeah, but it's okay. Then Then they, you know... They get into things. That's good. Gold so I, and... I can put that. I can put that in the in the description of the episode. Yeah. We, t- we talk about Anchorman in this episode of Things Gold. Exactly. That that's a, that's that will definitely make point. people listen. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Tio, I, I agree with everything you said there. You know, it's it's not a bad song. It just doesn't really translate as well live. Uh, I feel like also the the ten minute drum solo. It might not be actually 10 minutes long. It's more like six or seven, but it's just, it's a long time for nothing to be happening. And, you know, there are better drum showcases and percussion elsewhere in the show where, you know, there's yeah. nothing like as, as cool as it is. And as awesome as it is to see JT and Kato working together, they do that again later in the show. And it's yeah. cooler because there's a melodic idea for them to play off. Of. You know, I feel like a drum solo on its own for this long just gets a little tedious. Just like, you know, like I love Led Zeppelin. I love Moby Dick. I don't need to listen to a 15 minute Moby Dick drum solo. Yeah, I no, I agree. It's never been my thing either. That's not to, you know, anyone is gonna be like, you hate John Bottom. Like, no, incredible drummer. (laughs) I just, I don't need to listen to drums only for 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's what I love about John Fishman. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't do that. 
Thing of Gold here, uh, unique intro. You know, we heard two versions with that Justin Rhodes intro in the last episode. This one, get a spacey little Michael bass intro, continuing the Michael MVP run of this show. Uh, oh. Really cool. I, I just remember hearing this for the first time and being like, oh, like, I love the the vibe. What's going on here? This is, this is really, really cool. Um, and, you know, the way that, like, Justin and Bullock and the drums and everyone kind of like seeps in with him and kind of plays along to this funkier rhythm uh, ahead of that, you know, the first Sean section. Um, but it, yeah, it's really what did you soft. think of this intro? It's really soft and really playful. And I love how Bullock's kind of like hinting at the song riff, but mm-hmm. not like fully laying in yet. You can just kind of hear him playing, like toying with it. So nice. They do that a couple times with, I think, in Quartermaster later too, where they really like stretch out that moment of like getting into the song and it works really well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you just reminded me that we get to talk about a Quartermaster short. <laughs> My fave. I, I love the way too that, you know, we, we hear Bobby kind of underneath Sean on, on the organ. Um, and I, I find, you know, uh, later, like going into the outro, Sean just kind of coasts on top of uh, the organ, you know, into the, into his beautiful soaring outro, uh, which is great. But before we get there, you know, nice little funky Bullock solo here on the don't stop the music vamp, um, which is cool. You know, again, we get that clav adding that extra grit to the song here that we didn't have in the last episode. It's sick. Oh, it's super funk. It's like crunchy and textured. It just reminded me of like chocolate and peanut butter. You know, it's like, it just really works well together and just delicious. This is, mm-hmm. I love this section. And yeah. and then when Bullock does that solo after the Don't Stop the Music vamp, there's just this deep funk underneath and the solo kind of rides above it. It's like screechy. It just sounds amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then, you know, Sean, as I said, does his, his beautiful outro and then his, the Sean interlude, if you will. Uh, <laughs> really, really cool stuff, you know, playing with, a lot of delay, uh, some nice little electric piano comping happening here and kind of goes for a while and you, you know, just kind of fades and like leaves like the last note hanging. You know, he, he doesn't resolve it right away and he doesn't resolve it because the resolution is just chunks happening right there. And I, I, I love, love that. I love the transition. It's so good. Yeah, such a seamless segue. It's so nice. It works so perfectly. 
And also watching the faces he makes uh, when he starts playing chalks, yeah. like on on, on Talkbox, it's just he's just like making faces at people in the crowd for like the entire song. <laughs> so awesome! Yeah, it's it's really really cool. Uh, and and honestly, and Thing of Gold too. Like when he does that like really big like Ew. <laughs> at the end, he does like a really weird face, uh, and it's it's just it's hilarious. He's wildly entertaining. Yeah. He really is. Absolutely. And so, you know, obviously we talked, we've talked about Chonks uh, in the last bunch of episodes. This song is just great. You know, this is, this is the first one we've heard with Bobby and Sean since episode nine when we heard the one from Japan. Uh, and so comparing these two, you know, that one felt a lot tighter, felt a lot more true to what the studio version sounds like. This one, it's like, you know, we've been playing this for seven months. Let's do some cool shit with it. Uh, you know, like it's, they're, they're, they're out there. Uh, they extend a couple of, uh, of sections. Bobby's clav fills are just ridiculous all over the place. You can hear, if you listen closely, uh, the first break, you can hear Bullet go, whoo, at, at Bobby's <laughs> first clav lick. You can see it on the video too. Uh, but it's, it's, it's always funny when they react like that to each other's playing. <laughs> it's the best. That's one of the funnest things about Snarky Puppy is like, watching them react to each other and you know it's it's the same way with any band like if you watch anybody in fish like when they're when, when people or even in goose when you hear them like yell like yeah or you know like oh you know that like they're feeling it yeah they are good. feeling it and the interplay between sean and bobby in this song is just unbelievable it's so these motherfuckers are so cool and they're just so vibing off each other and they just it's awesome that they're right next to each other. They just clearly like enjoy playing together so much. And it's just, it's so awesome. And I was watching them interact with each other. And then the camera kind of pans out and you see Michael and he's just over there, like getting the fuck down. He's just like, yeah, cannot he's just watching dance. the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just dancing so good. It just, it hits so hard. It's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And an excellent McQueen solo here, full of mm. swagger, very, very Texas. Uh, solo from him in the middle section here. I love that kind of like, I don't know if it's like a vibrato effect that he's got going on there, but it just, it's an, it's an excellent, excellent solo. You know, JT keeping that, keeping that groove locked down, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a faster, feels like a faster tempo here. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a uh, great solo in the middle. And then, yeah, uh, and then at the end, after like, you know, you've got this Sean and Bobby interplay the whole band comes in and the sound is so big. It's so great. And Bobby sounds like he's playing a guitar. I mean, I don't know. Is that some sort of like, how is he doing that? Uh, so it's a clavinet in a guitar amp with a whammy pedal thing and also a bunch of distortion pedals and probably assorted other pedals. But it sounds like a guitar, you know, mega clav tweet, uh, yes. if you will. Uh, but I mean, is this the best clav ever? I mean, it's like. It might be. It's like squealing. It has like fuzz on it. I mean, it really sounds like a guitar and it's so cool that it's coming from keys. It's amazing. Yeah. And I love, you know, again, in, in the last couple of chunks that we heard, very straight ahead outro, you know, not, not any of these breakdowns. Here we get first, everyone drops out except for JT and Bobby. Bobby just keeps destroying things, <laughs> like everything in sight. And then JT drops out. Bobby does some shredding on his own and everyone just kind of slams back into the end of the oh. song. And it's so good, and then you get that little like bonus little outro thing with Bobby just like playing guitar, basically. 
it's amazing. I, I really loved the end of this. This is probably one of my favorite versions I've heard of the song. Yeah. And then at this point, Megan looked at the uh, looked at the time left in the video <laughs> as the band was walking off stage on video. Wait a minute. There's still 45 minutes left. How is this possible? Well, a triple encore. <laughs> and I'm telling also you, 15 they did not minutes, want to leave the stage. And also 15 minutes of Michael teaching the Chavi polyrhythm clap. Yeah, so he doesn't do this anymore, right? No, thankfully. Thank goodness, because <laughs> this is a real buzzkill. I mean, I think that, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before, but, you know, I think that it's at the encore break. It's it's tolerable, but if I was at a show, this would really make me sad. And it doesn't pay off. Like the performance of the audience for the clapping, yeah. they didn't Slackers. learn People, like they didn't learn it. People in Paris in November 2019 did not know how to clap on time. Which And you know what? Maybe they didn't want to. Maybe most of them aren't musicians. I'm like, let's not do this anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, you get the spiel for a while. The thank you to the crew. The show's being recorded. Shout out to Neil, their engineer who's mixing it in the bus overnight, which shout out to all those people. Love the shout outs. And then, yeah, you know. Yeah, shout outs important. And then they like kind of like play Chavi while teaching the crowd the claps for a little while and it's it's weird but eventually we get into the song uh this is a good one this is this is the one song from the show that exists in pro shot video um on on youtube uh which is cool which means that the the venue or or the zykopolis the french company that you know filmed it they have pro shot of this entire show oh god somewhere amazing there are a few things like that where it was like broadcast on French TV and I tried so many times over the last couple of years to like figure out a way to get it. But it's like you need to have a TV provider that has this channel to be able to access it online and now it's not online anymore. Oh, that's so. such a bummer because this show would be amazing to see in Pro Shop. If anybody from that company is listening to this uh, and wants to uh, talk about, you know, how to get that out there, um, shoot us a message. <laughs> Thank <laughs> we you. We can help. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to this Chavi, you know, we get nice solos from Maz, Zach, and Justin. Just really, really solid. Um, you know, I, I gave the crowd a B minus on the clapping. Would you agree yeah. with that? Or would you give them a, a lower grade? I think it's I think it's worse. I think it's like a C. I mean, they're way Ooh. off the beat. I mean, yeah. they're way off. And and it bothers me because Snarky Puppy's too good to have this going on in the background. It's like, stop. I don't I don't want this going on in the background. You know, I think that like there's this song already has great parts to it like i think after the trumpet solo like or during it like there's this deep growly like repetitive riff underneath the solo that's super intense and menacing mm -hmm. and this song has such a an interesting energy just a lot different than some of the other stuff they play and then when zach comes in for his solo he's using some really interesting effect which works really well with the kind of like robotic noises underneath it sounds cool together yeah it's really, really good. And, you know, again, shreddy stuff. And this is what I talked about during Kite, you know, Justin's kind of faster, more upbeat road solo. And this one, this one feels more bouncy. Uh, there's less chords. There's more just like runs of notes. Uh, so it's really cool to compare the two. Um, but, you know, solid song. Not, not my favorite uh, at this point, but, you know, we've got two more encores left, luckily. We're not done yet. Uh, yeah. Close. After they and one of them off, is Shofukan. <laughs> very exciting. But uh, yeah, after they walk off after Chavi, uh, a few people in the crowd start doing the, the Shofukan chant. 
um, which I'm surprised that Michael played it after that. You know, he usually, you know, won't do that if uh, if they're chanting for Shofar Khan, uh, but but they did. Yeah, and Sean's like, you better sing this shit loud too. <laughs> so fun. Oh yeah, they're, they're ready. Uh, you know, it says like, you know, we're gonna um, we played a lot of new shit tonight, so now we're gonna play something old. People get really excited. Uh, and I'm excited because, you know, you get a, you get a Michael bass solo here. This has started happening a, a lot more in the last few years. Uh, there's a good number from this, this fall tour with a Michael bass solo. Um, and I, I love when he does this, it's just really more open-ended. Uh, everyone kind of like hangs back, lets him, you know, obviously lead in his solo section. Um, and it's really cool. A lot, a lot of, a lot of bends. He's an incredible, incredible bass player. We talk about this a lot, but rarely in a solo spot like this. off i mean this song just has the best vibes in general and then to hear him come out with this solo it's really delicate and soft which sounds so nice with the kind of textured percussion underneath but then the solo just builds and it's awesome to watch him because he is moving really fast on that like all along the neck of that Mm -hmm. bass. i mean it is just the band and the crowd start to go wild when it's over and when the band come back comes back in it's just it's so good and I was really happy to see so many Michael solos. I, I think he should take more. I agree. Here, here. <laughs> yes. Second that motion. Yes. Uh, and then we get a great drum solo. You know, again, this is awesome. Uh, you know, this drum solo, JT and Keita just going off, uh, you know, Sean uh, or Bobby giving Sean a back rub during the drum solo, you know, <laughs> like what, what, what better time, you know, they're, they're playing a drum solo for like a couple of minutes or so. Uh, you can see there's video of the, uh, the Shofakan from the Royal Albert Hall, which actually you should check out because it's a Bob Reynolds solo and it's Ooh. really good. Um, okay, well. But you can see like Bobby standing next to JT and like making faces at him during the drum solo. <laughs> it's just, it's funny watching the things that they do, you know, on stage, like it, when I saw them in Buffalo in the spring, uh, during what about me when like Sean and Justin were kind of doing some interplay stuff, the rest of the band was kind of standing side stage and just kind of watching and like dancing to what they what they were doing. And they, they were doing some like clap thing. Um, but it's just, it's funny watching them again, react to what the rest of the band is playing or just what they're doing during parts of a song where they're not playing. Yeah. I mean, I think that this band, the difference between watching them and listening to them is pretty dramatic. Yeah. Just because there's so much going on and they're so dynamic that it's really fascinating to watch them. So I feel like if you can get a chance to watch them, it changes your experience with the music. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I recommend people listening to the show, you know, find these videos on YouTube, watch while you're hearing it for the first time, because it really changes the experience. And that's why I wish there was more, more video available for snarky puppy shows like especially going back to like the 2015 2017 eras like there's so much 
cool shit that you could hear is happening. And like today's bonus track, for example, there's no video. And I would like kill someone for video of that. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm not exaggerating, (laughs) by the way. If somebody has like a deal with the devil kind of thing, like I I would do unspeakable things to get video of that. (laughs) But we'll talk about that in a minute. That is very dramatic and kind of frightening. It's not that dramatic when you listen to that quartermaster, okay? But we'll get there. We've got another song uh, to get through before we get there. You know, we've got encore number three. We've got What About Me. This might be my favorite What About Me ever. I don't know. It's definitely in the top Wow. Wow. It's it's so different, you know? Like, yeah. First of all, the, you know... The, the crowd brings the band back on with the Shofakan riff and listening to the, if you listen to the recording on Nugs or wherever, uh, you can hear they like, they stop recording the show. Like it, it, it fades out at the end of Shofakan and you can hear it fade back in at the beginning of the What About Me track. Cause I guess they're like, all right, doing another one. Like, fuck it. So awesome. I love the like dramatic leave the stage each time, you know, it's like, right. Well, just, they think they're I love done that. and then I everyone's know. getting excited. They're like, okay, like fine. We'll do another encore. You know? That's like everyone's dream. It's like when fish leaves the stage and we're like, if we scream loud enough, maybe, yeah, they'll, maybe come they'll come back. back. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just want to shout out the person uh, that yells for Palermo uh, in this slot. So funny. No, <laughs> not good set listing. Uh, luckily, Michael does not take requests like that. Um, but that, that would not have been the call here. You know, you've, Mm-mm. you've just done, you've just done Shofakan. You're coming back on for a third encore. There, there, there are two things you can do here. You can play what about me or you can play quartermaster. Yeah. That's it. Even like, I know that. Yeah. Even like, I know that. You can't, you can't put Palermo in encore number no. three, uh, but we get what about me here. It's absolutely epic. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of the times the beginning of the the solo section you know, whoever's the drummer will start in a more aggressive, a faster beat. This one, JT just goes slow burn, you know, heavy toms, very clearly sets like the, a riff up. Like this is what's going to be happening. And Bobby's like, all right, I got you. And then just like this searing clav solo, it's just takes his time developing the vibe you know, you get some very early uh, Moog bass work from, I think, Sean. This is one of the reasons why I want, you know, the Pro Shop video. I want to see who's doing what during this solo because the, yeah. the camera we see is zoomed in on Bobby, which is an excellent, excellent angle. Um, but I want to see, you know, it, it looks like it's Sean based on when he walks back over to to his rig. Uh, you know, he briefly, at the beginning of the solo, he goes, and I think he goes and talks to Michael for a second and then walks back over. It's always funny. It's a side, side note, you know, it, obviously tangent um but there's one show from february 2022 where like during like mark is soloing on chunks and sean goes over and is having like a full conversation with mcqueen (laughs) and like making fun of the way mark's leg looks during the solo it's just like it's just really funny it's like you're in the middle of a concert you're playing a song and you're just like socializing basically just chatting it up maybe this is why they didn't like the new orleans show so much because they couldn't chat with each other and like make fun and you know yeah but anyway this what about me pretty spectacular yeah i love the beginning there's like no easing into this it just kind of like boom and then what you're saying that part about how jt kind of like lays the groundwork and i again i cannot believe how much this clav sounds like guitar he bobby's like holding the notes and it sounds really fuzzy And I definitely would have been so confused if I was listening to this. I would not have understood. And I think that 
I kind of feel like him and Michael could share MVP of the show for me. I just, Bobby really stood out and yeah. this solo is insane. really cool and then you know kind of the rest of the band joins in this is my favorite kind of what about me where it's not just a solo there's some group improv happening you know justin adding in very very slow versions of the chords uh from, mm -hmm. you know, from the vamp of this song get a riff from the horns it's just awesome it, it, and then you know they get into it and that's what i'm like okay bobby's playing a guitar solo here and then they go back into that slow section for a little bit during the vamp and that it's just just hits, man. It just it's so good. Yeah. The band is backing him like perfectly. It's yeah. so it sounds unbelievable. And then you've got JT with another drum solo. Ah, really good. And I, I love, you know, they start the drum solo again, charging, straight ahead, very aggressive. And he says, like, fuck it. Like, and he just yeah, you can just tell he like kind of looks over and goes, Keita, like, you know, <laughs> and then Keita just jumps in immediately. Uh and, and it's it's awesome. You know, it's they they've played what about me? I, I'm, I'm a lot over the course of this year, you know, yeah. uh, both of these guys have been at a good number, a good number of shows throughout 2019. And so they're like, yeah, like, you know, trying to find ways to keep it, keep it fresh, mix it up to be like, yeah, like get, get Keita involved in this drum solo, like another kind of thing. This, I would listen to this over the, what about me baseline for 10 minutes before I'd listen to a Tio Macaco for 10 minutes, you know, cause th there's a melodic idea to latch onto. There's a melodic idea for them to play off of. You get Justin and Bobby kind of adding their own flavor into the vamp here with Rhodes and Clab. It's just, it's, it's excellent. Yeah. I mean, they still had stuff to say this show. They weren't done yet. They're like, no triple encore. We still have ideas. So yeah. exciting. It's, it's amazing. And that it's the end of our show. For today that's 11 22 19 in paris we are going to go four days into the future uh frankfurt germany uh for my favorite snarky puppy thing of all time here uh this this quartermaster but before we talk about the quartermaster we kind of set the scene a little bit you know 
There's a couple of guests happening here. We've got Eric Harland on drums and we've got Chris Potter on the sax. You know, they, the two of them had just guested on the previous couple of songs in the show. This whole show is awesome. Check it out. Um, Sean takes like a four minute long piano intro to Cementi and it's just, it's just mm. beautiful. It's, so it's nice. really, really cool. Yeah. Great, great uh, Tarova, I believe. Great. Uh, uh, while we're young, I think with, with Bobby solo, there's, a lot of great stuff in this in this show, but real star, you get a Justin Rhodes intro to "What About Me," which I've never heard him do any other time, and it's so cool the way he builds from you know his classic Justin, like you know I'm having a good time here on Rhodes into the beginning of "What About Me." It sounds awesome. Chris Potter takes the solo on that one on sax, which is just like you know you, you hear him in this quartermaster, like he's unbelievable, one of the, one of the most legendary saxophone players on the planet um and then eric harlan jumps in on lingus uh on drums you know he he uh for the encore replaces jt jt goes over and joins keita on percussion um there is video of that lingus on youtube uh you know unfortunately the person chose to video that and not quartermaster um (laughs) how dare they i know How, how dare they not know what was about to happen uh, yeah. but I don't, I don't think anyone knew what was about to happen here. You know, this feels like they're coming out of the end of Lingus. They're all just like having such a great time here and they just start playing, you know, like Eric, Eric Harlan just starts playing like a funk beat. Michael gives a woo, which is, a uh, you know, <laughs> always good. You know, he's having a good time and they just start, they just start, you know, playing a funk jam. Yes, please. And, and, and where is it going to go? We don't know, you know. Grooving along, Bobby shredding a little while, horns kind of quoting Lingus, but not really. It's, you know, Lingus adjacent, if you will. Um, and then, you know, Michael cues everyone. They all drop out except for him and the drums. Again, this is what you were talking about. More of that Michael solo yeah. action. And he modulates it into the proper key for Quartermaster. You know, kind of. I mean, that, that Michael part is so effortless. It's just like super cool i just like had this like stank face on when i was listening like this dude is fucking cool it's so great the drums and percussion and that whole beginning part of the song are just absolutely perfect super intense really great and yeah then they're kind of like improper but it's like slowed down yeah so this is only cool they only played quartermaster five times in 2019 and they have not played it since this version in Frankfurt. And I say is that, that should be illegal. Okay, well, this that is illegal, and they better play it for you on this fall tour. I I, I dare not hope such a such a thing. How could I, they I might, not have played Quartermaster since then? I feel like it's like one of the classic snarky puppy songs. Yeah, they have you know, they, there's a lot of songs they haven't played in a while. Uh, you know, it, yeah, but they're not all quartermaster. They it's it's true. Yeah, you're like giving my argument for me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so. Yeah, this cool. is like their tweezer. <laughs> like you have to play this song. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you like this is like that's a fish reference. If you don't know fish, but like this is a song that if they didn't, if fish stopped playing tweezer, there would be like revolts in the street. Like this is, yeah. they like, should be. Where is tweezer? Where is quartermaster? Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. Uh, but where is you it? You know, it, it's great, but you know. A lot of quartermasters where they start slow and funky, they end up going up to normal speed at some point later in the song, you know, brings to mind our bonus track for episode one from September, 2015. Uh, There are another couple from later that year. 
Uh, obviously, the other one that's kind of an anomaly is 10, 13, 15, a really slow, dreamy 20-minute one uh, mm. that we talked about in episode two. But, man, this is just – they're all just having such a good time. You know, yeah. Sean is, like, you know, goading the crowd with various, like, yeah, and, like, getting the clap. Like, but the way that the horns come in with the, the quartermaster – riff you know sounds so full because you you have a four-piece horn section playing this you know you've got bullock maz justin and chris potter um playing this i think chris potter uh has has played with snarky puppy a number of times before um and you know is a very high level musician and so i'm sure they were able to very quickly be like this is the the riff and and he got it (laughs) yeah yeah oh he knows what he's doing for sure i and i just love how sean engages the audience like that he just brings such a soul to this band that is really kind of singular yeah you know i think that when you have a musician that plays with that much heart and soul it really it adds an, a depth to your band that you can't fake yes 100 100 uh so our, our first solo of this song comes from chris potter it's just it's just vicious like his tone is is like mean it's it's awesome it's like i i kind of has like the the smoothness of a Bob Reynolds tone, but with an added aggression that Bob doesn't play with. Uh, And it's Mm -hmm. so, so cool. It has a lot of emotion. And the band is kind of playing almost like a bare bare bones kind of sound. There's just not a lot. They're not like filling up behind him. So he really stands out. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It's, you know, great, great, very subtle vocoder work from sean starts to come in yeah i I love what he's doing here you know we heard him with that as the focal point uh during the big lee and the paris show but this is like he's accenting it's very subtle it's very like you know it's like breathy uh kind of kind of like in the background it's just another layer to the music but it sounds great yeah and it's probably harder to do i think that that instrument seems like it's you know it's big it takes up a lot of space like when he plays the vocoder it's like you know what's happening so to yeah. hear him playing it really delicately is is super cool yeah 100 percent agreed michael takes a bass solo next Ooh, yes please taking his time again his tone is ridiculous yeah it's absurd <laughs> it's so it's good so and good. this and the soundscape and the layers behind the solo are just absolutely perfect. I mean, his tone almost sounds like a stand-up bass solo. It just hits so deep. Like, it, it, it sounds like he's not playing, like, it sounds like he's st- playing a stand-up bass. It's so amazing. I, mm-hmm. I This show just, and this, the show that we listen to and this version really just, make me want him to play more and more solos Agreed. i'm gonna be the person like screaming like take a solo michael at the next snarky puppy yeah, get, show get, get a sign, a sign. people for more michael solos <laughs> yeah i've never really been a sign person but I, maybe i'll become one who yeah, knows starting out get a t-shirt let mike <laughs> solo yeah exactly or make mike solo because he make you know, mike solo. <laughs> make mike make himself solo yeah michael anyway. <laughs> solo please yes um so it, it's it's amazing. What what's cool while Michael's solo is happening, you get this kind of little like na na kind of ascending riff that's kind of emerging underneath. And you know his solo wraps up and they play the quartermaster riff again. But that th- that riff is still there. And after they yeah. play the quartermaster riff again, Bobby comes in on the clav, 
and and it's built around this really cool ascending lick and bobby just he just builds and builds and builds so patient so smooth Triumph as they come in with the you know the the, the ending you know what one of the ending horn riffs uh, of Quartermaster. It, it's just the way that this finishes. It's so triumphant. It's so celebratory. And I don't know how they went on to play like three more shows on the tour after this. This feels like like you just <laughs> fly home after this. Like this, this is it. You know this is this, the mic drop. Yeah. This is the mic drop moment. Yeah, I think this is probably the most sultry, sexy quartermaster I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, in the end, the horns are just so slow and sexy. It's this feeling of like, you know, they're not coming to you. Like, you have to go to them. Like, <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it, they've earned it. You know, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to come to you now. Like, it's just very good. I mm -hmm. loved it. I think that, yeah, the way that they finish this off it's just is this like the end of the show yeah th this is the, this is okay. the end of the show the, the lingus was the encore this is like the, the second song in the encore okay yeah uh, you, you gotta you walk can't off play after anything this. after this <laughs> yeah. like even if this was like the third song of the show like you can't you can't follow no. this with anything and like no you know then the next night they were playing in like zurich switzerland it's like how do you get on stage and be like remember that thing we did last night like we're now gonna play another show <laughs> like that's the thing about all these musicians that are at this level. They just continue to defy expectations. It's tremendous. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. And, you know, obviously the tour ended, you know, big seven month, like 100 plus show tour. And obviously, you know, for the ending lingus, Sean forces Michael to take the solo uh, because. Oh, I love that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't not do that. No. But yeah, I, I recommend everyone go and check out this whole show from Frankfurt. The whole thing is absolutely crazy um it's it's awesome but it's hard to believe megan that we have reached the end of episode 12 and the end of season one here uh on things of gold what what a journey it's been i know i'm gonna miss talking snarky puppy with you ryan well luckily that's not gonna stop because okay, I mean, i'm i'm not gonna stop listening to them and i'm also seeing them four times next month so 
I love that. I'm so jealous. I can't believe it's now turned into four. This is really. I know it was originally going to be two and now it's four, you know? So if anybody uh, listening to this podcast is going to be at music at the intersection in St. Louis or the Breckenridge Denver or Boulder snarky puppy shows in late September, I will be at all of those. I will be very happy to be there. I will be, uh, if you hear someone yelling for a quartermaster, I apologize. Uh, I will try to contain myself. (laughs) I love that. If you see Ryan, say hi. He's just such a fun person to see at a concert and brings the vibes always. So I'll be jealous of any of you that get to be in the room with him at a show. Thank you. Well, I I look forward to eventually when we will get to see Snarky Puppy together someday. Yeah, that'll be the best. It'll it'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, But, you know, in the meantime, we really, really appreciate everybody's support uh, throughout our season one here. Everybody who's been listening along. We've got some really exciting things in store from season two, but, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. You know, we've got other podcasts. You have a real life or something. Uh, Something. Something like that. Yeah. I'm excited (laughs) about season two. We have some really cool ideas. Yes. And and it's looking like our kind of dreams for that season are going to come true. So stay tuned. Get ready. uh, Get ready. It's going to be something. Uh, But, you know, to anyone seeing them this fall, uh, you know, have fun wherever you are. Again, always tag us uh, in any photos or videos that you post. Let us know your favorite moments uh, from this 11-22-19 Paris show or this fall Europe uh, tour as a run. Let us know your thoughts on the band's sound, anything like that. You know, we always want to hear from you. Uh, thank you so, so much for listening to this episode and season of Things of Gold. Have a phenomenal day and fall and fall tour, whatever you may be up to. See you when we see you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Ryan.